I definitely really enjoy falling in love. I definitely am really good at it too. This is Dating, a series of recorded first dates. If you like This Is Dating, you should check out In Case You Missed It, Slate's podcast about internet culture. It's a show for people who have a healthy relationship with the internet, made by people who really don't. It's hosted by Slate's Madison Malone Kircher and Rachel Hampton. Twice a week, they'll explore what's trending at the top of your feeds, investigate the ghosts of the internet past, and help you sound like the smartest person in your group chat. Episodes drop every Wednesday and Saturday. Just search for ICYMI wherever you get your podcasts. That's ICYMI, the podcast that's extremely online, so you don't have to be. A friend of mine gave me this advice. She said, you know, you, you got to recognize you're the whole cheese pizza. This is Dating. I'm Jesse Baker, and that is our next dater. We're going to call him Khan. You know, it's one thing to say to yourself, I'm the whole cheese pizza in the mirror with daily affirmations. It's another thing to actually feel that way about yourself. There are stories we tell each other about what relationships are or what they're supposed to be or how we're supposed to feel with someone. Stories we've told so many times that whether or not they actually still serve us or really reflect who we are, they become this filter on how we see ourselves. And that's sort of what's happening with Khan. You gotta know you're the whole cheese pizza. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Other people can be your toppings and enhance you. Other people can be your toppings and enhance you. A whole cheese pizza is great on its own. Mm-hmm. Especially a delicious cheese pizza like you. But you're the whole cheese pizza on your own. Ooh. Stop trying to make other people be slices in between. And stop thinking that you have slices in between missing and trying to f- make other people be those slices. Like you are the whole cheese pizza. Hiwate? Yes? As a producer on the show, you've spent some time getting to know Khan so that we can set him up on a date. Yeah. I've heard the cheese pizza thing. So Mm -hmm. besides that, what else do we know about Khan? Okay, so Khan is in his early 30s, and he's something of a renaissance man. He's this corporate lawyer who also writes screenplays, and he's learning guitar and teaching himself Urdu. And if you talk to him for more than 10 minutes, bell hooks will come up. I have been in therapy. Recently, I've connected a lot of dots reading this book by bell hooks called uh, The Will to Change, Men, Masculinity, and Love. I joined this book club, and it's it's been incredibly transformative and, and insightful. Interesting. So you're saying that Khan is on this sort of quest of self-discovery. Yeah, very much so. And actually, it'll be really interesting to hear what Logan's take on this is as both a behavioral scientist and a dating coach when they sit down to talk before his date. Why don't we just start with, yeah, tell me a little bit about you. What do I need to know to understand your story? I think growing up in a slightly more conservative environment, I always had this vision of love as this epic monogamy. I grew up on Bollywood films and that kind of just eternal romance. And my dad 
had a more traditional patriarchal kind of view of things. And so I saw kind of how that was really hurtful to my mom and to, you know, me and my brother. I think I always had this chip on my shoulder where I was very concerned with hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. There's a phrase in, in Urdu called acha bacha, which is like good boy, like good kid, you know? And so I think I was like the smart and, and, and you know, well-liked kid. And, and so I think I did think of myself as this like good kid. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of always like trying to play the really good guy. And I think that prevented me from always being honest. And that led to things like staying in relationships for far too long, just not knowing how to get out of it, not knowing how to establish boundaries until one day, you know, I wake up and I'm like, wait, where am I? Who am I in this? Like, I don't want this at all, actually. And suddenly getting out of things. And so I realized that was a pattern of mine. I I like the term you use, acha bacha. Am I saying it right? Acha bacha. Acha bacha. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like as I'm getting to know you that that's a big theme in your life. Are you the good boy? Are you the good son? Are you the good boyfriend? And that phrase is very much focused on how others perceive you. And then you create a self-perception around, are you pleasing them? But that now you're in the stage of your life where you're like, maybe it's not really about being like the good boy. Yeah, but then what is it? What is the vision? What does a genuine life look like for me outside of other people's expectations other people's visions of what is good. It's like very validating for someone to like you and 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 it's really fun to like them back. And you know, ever since I was on my whole cheese pizza journey, I I, I started meeting people and then I noticed that I would just like really want to text them a lot right away. That whole kind of like courting thing texting really funny, witty, interesting things. You know, that whole game is so fun. I almost want to push back on the cheese pizza metaphor because I, I haven't heard cheese pizza, but there's, you're half an orange and find your other half. You're a, you're a whole person who needs to find another whole person. You're not half who needs to find a half. The behaviors that you're talking to me about, I feel like it's less that you don't know you're a whole cheese pizza. It's more like you are a delicious cheese pizza, but you really want everyone to tell you how delicious you are. Like you need constant reinforcement about how good the pizza tastes. You're constantly saying like, can I get this person to fall in love with me? Can I make my magical wooing courtship work on this person? There's a sense of, will this person also like the cheese pizza? Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah, I could see that. And I could see how once I get it, I'm kind of like, okay, like that purpose has been served. So it's a little less interesting now. Um, I think I have felt that way about myself and felt really guilty about that. And I've also stepped away from relationships to like not use people like that. Uh, Have you heard the term love bombing? No. It's someone similar to you who's dynamic, charismatic, and it's easy for them to make people fall in love with them. And they come on really strong. I think it's subconscious, but they do all these things that make the person really addicted to them. So it's constantly contacting them. So then you form a habit. It's talking about things in the future. Oh, when you meet my parents, oh, when you meet my friends. And then the girl in her head is like, oh, he must really like me because he's doing all this future talk. And you come on really strong. And then at a certain point, something happens. Maybe the guy pulls back because he's not interested, because 
it was all about the chase and he was able to get the girl or for whatever reason he cools. And then when he leaves, it feels way worse for the girl. And I'm using gender terms. It could Anyone could do love bombing. It feels really bad because the person just came on so strong and it, it felt like there was a promise of something much greater. Does that feel like something that you do? Yeah, I've done that. And then I think I've noticed that I was doing, it was like part of the recognition of the patterns. And then I've been trying to not do that as much, but it's still been difficult. It's still been a process of catching myself like, hey, don't text her more than once a day. To be honest, it's also been like something that happens when I'm not trying to do it. You know, for example, like it's, it's come up with like married friends who I feel safe to be my loving, charismatic, friendly self around because they're married and not trying to draw any, uh, you know, particular affection at all, just doing me and then getting this kind of, hey, maybe we should, maybe there's something here kind of thing. And I'm like, whoa, like I was not trying to put that energy out. Am I being manipulative with you? Like, I don't think I was. I get the sense that I'm meeting you at a very interesting time in your life because you are definitely examining your life and your patterns. And I think that's the best way to grow. I feel like the change for you is you've spent the first 32 years of your life getting really good at making other people happy and making other people like you. And to get to where you want to go, you have to make a pretty major shift to figure out how to make you happy. Yeah. And what's so hard about making yourself happy is that you have to figure out what you want. And that is just way harder than anyone tells you it's gonna be. What I hear Logan saying is that it's kind of tricky for Khan. I mean, the love bomb is happening even with his married friends. So maybe we need to find someone to set him up with who is love bomb proof. I know, but it's really hard to think about who could actually be love bomb proof, Jesse. But what I wanted in a date for Khan is someone who could match him. And I think Joanna can definitely do that. I just have a lot of energy. I love to like run, ski, hike, climb, bike. I'm a huge book nerd. And I also love writing. I love music. I have a keyboard. Like I'm not very good, but I very much enjoy playing and then also like going to concerts. And then just Exploring New York, like without having plans, you can just walk to a neighborhood and find foods or little like comedy places or fun parks. Just exploring and sort of having that like openness and curiosity. Something that I enjoy and value is like a bit of adventure and excitement. And so I think sometimes can be attracted to people who are a little bit unpredictable but don't necessarily make the best partners. I actually think she is his equivalent in terms of being interesting, adventurous, like curious. I thought that they would really match each other on that level. I'm totally making the case that Joanna is her own cheese pizza. And I am so nervous and so excited to see what happens when they both start this virtual date from each of their respective apartments. And we'll be sending them prompts through the group chat. Jesse, I think Joanna is here. So I will let him in. You might want to tell both of them to grab some water or a drink. All right. And with that, here we go. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. You too. How are you? I'm doing well. 
How do I pronounce your name? It's Khan. <laughs> oh. I'm kicking myself because I'm not, I'm Zoom um, completely deficient and I was not able to change this somehow. Okay. Khan, very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Joanna. <laughs> Okay, we're getting um, prompted. Okay, were you, okay so the question, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you go for it. You started. <laughs> were you raised to be independent or rely on others? I certainly am independent. I think I was raised to be independent, but probably too far on that spectrum. I've gotten feedback that I need to be better asking for help. Um, one of my friend's favorite examples is I, I froze my eggs this summer. Um, and it was like during a time when I didn't want to take the subway, I was like being a little bit more cautious and I really didn't want to get COVID while I was like getting a surgery. And so I had to go get all my drugs, uh, at a pharmacy. And instead of like asking a friend to drive me, I insisted on like city biking myself up every time. Um, <laughs> cause I was just like determined to go through this process by myself, which my friends just gave me so much shit for afterwards. Cause like it was completely irrational and like, strong-headed and they told me not to bike but I just it was like my way of solving the problem by myself so that's my little example of maybe too independent at times what about you you had a friend that was like yo I'll totally drive you and you were like no 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 and I was like I got this but you had to you had to city bike back after your surgery oh no this wasn't this was just to pick up the the prescriptions okay I promise I got like picked up from the surgery I'm not that crazy (laughs) oh man Interesting. But I should have taken the car ride to the pharmacy was the, the moral right. of the story. What about you? Independent or rely on others? Pretty independent. Um, I would like make my own lunch and bike to school myself and back like starting it in the second grade. And uh, <laughs> what, wait, what were you what were you making for lunch? Sandwiches, turkey <laughs> cold cuts. <laughs> and you know what? I, my thing was I would I would eat one bite. And then put it in a Ziploc bag, and then take it and put it in my lunchbox, and then and then take. Oh, it so you would eat one bite, like when you made like it. When in I the made morning. it, yeah, because I just couldn't help myself. I just thought it was such a <laughs> delicious thing that I just did. This, so like, you would you have failed the marshmallow test? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I only took one bite though. I saved them. I w- <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why it's like it's an unclear verdict for the marshmallow test. I reject the premise of the marshmallow test. There's there's other ways to the cookie can crumble <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, the, I'm like the oldest son the older son of two siblings and immigrant parents and okay. you know that whole like mentality of take care you know, just handle your stuff basically the marshmallow test was designed to see if kids could delay gratification But more importantly, I love that Khan is revealing a little piece of himself. And since he's willing to do that, let's send them this question. If you love This Is Dating, but you don't love waiting for the next episode to come out, we're collaborating with Apple Podcasts to offer an early access version of the show. For a small subscription fee, Not only do you get the episodes early as we finish them, but you also get to hear the entire series without any ads. Go to Apple Podcasts, search for This Is Dating, and select the early access or ad-free subscription option. And thanks.
what's the last self-help book that you've read and what did you take away from it? Okay, shit. The last book that falls in this category was um, The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. Okay. Men, Masculinity, and Love. And it's basically just her deconstructing the patriarchy and how it affects all of us boys and girls and how it how boys and girls are raised in patriarchy and what that means for what they expect from themselves and from life and from each other and how it just destroys relationships and love and families. It, it helped me see so much that I can't unsee and it's like fucked me up in the best of ways. Like what can't you unsee or how did it positively fuck you up? Oh, this is such a this is such a like can of worms. No, no, no. It's cool. You're really buying yourself time, Joanna. Um, I it's I'm good at that. What I hear in this, there are a couple things going on. I, I don't think she's buying herself time for her turn to answer. I I think it's more that she is pushing him to explain himself and maybe not buying what he's selling here. Or she's just being a good conversationalist. And I want to hear how Khan responds. Okay. Um, Her main kind of like point is that she starts off by saying, you know, a lot of people think that patriarchy is a system that just like benefits all men. And it's not exactly that. It's a system that benefits dominating men over other non-dominating men and women and children. Okay. And in order for this like alpha male winner takes all kind of like society that we've structured mm-hmm. uh, to, to work, um, you have to kind of raise your boy, you, you know, people have to raise their sons and their boys in order to be like a better dominator. That might mean like being more athletic or being the smartest and going to an Ivy or whatever is seen as like the dominate, the dominant thing. Mm -hmm. And the stakes are really high because like as a man, your worth is like determined by whether you are like a dominator in a patriarchal society. And, but, but when you raise your sons to be a better dominator, what you do is you, you kind of force the boy to sever parts of themselves that don't lend themselves to being a good dominator i.e like access to your full emotional range the ability to cry the ability to empathize and connect emotionally Mm -hmm. and those things are the very things that you need for love and so essentially what you're doing is you're raising a whole like cohort of men that don't really know how to love and are scared to love because loving would mean being weak and being not worthwhile and not not worthy yeah it's just it's a very valuable book i would recommend it so I think that yeah. I'm one. I'm glad you didn't try to mansplain the patriarchy. You didn't at all. Okay. Um, no, I think it, it resonates uh, particularly in the sort of the impact on women. Like my college experience, I went to like a super male dominated school that didn't let women in until like the the 70s. And Whoa. the structure of the Greek system is such that like we can basically only go to parties at fraternities. And so, like, as an 18-year-old, it was very much like, I can just, like, be one of the boys and, like, how to to succeed is to sort of adopt that, like, masculine energy. And I think it was after leaving college and growing up a bit to be like, oh, that was a pretty, like, messed up dynamic where the answer was just, like, be a guy and be masculine and, like, be aggressive and drink like a guy in order to, like, fit in here. 
um, as opposed to examining like are these the like the right social structures? Yeah, and even like what does it mean to be like a guy, right? Like yeah. what we think about that is often just patriarchal notions, right? So like mm-hmm. there's no healthy alternative model for what masculinity looks like. Yeah. I feel like we're in this well-rehearsed territory with Khan where he is sharing things that are part of his story, especially right now that he is telling about himself and who he is. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, can we steer the conversation a bit into some new terrain? What's something you wouldn't normally share on a first date? Share it. Oof. They're definitely nudging us towards vulnerability. Right, 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 right. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I see that. Um, I mean, this is like top of my mind all the time. So I'll just share it. But I never mm-hmm. would on a first date, which is my parents are getting divorced right now. Which oh, is I'm so really, sorry. You know, it's funny because there's like a I think Louis C.K. joke. Oh, is that like the reaction he makes fun of? Well, he's like, yeah, like nobody, like when you hear someone's getting divorced, you should say congratulations instead of I'm sorry, because nobody who's ever been happily married is getting divorced is is, is the joke. But yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's like an extremely challenging thing, but it's also an incredible release and um, evolution in a lot of ways for both of them. Yeah. Was it a surprise? No. Do you think it'll be better for the family? I think it will. I think it's scary because we don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. And it has a lot to do with a lot of what I was talking about in terms of that Bell Hooks book and and patriarchy and just uh, a lot of those kinds of inherited things that I think have been plaguing people for generations. But yeah, I'm hoping it's also just a massive opportunity for growth and for a break in a long lineage of certain ways of doing marriage and relationships, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited to, obviously it's a mix of a lot of emotions, but I'm also excited. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, Joanne? I know. Um, <laughs> it, w- it would be something in the like relationship realm, which I would normally like never talk about like exes or like relationships or insecurities on a first date. But I think, I don't know how this like insecurity openness of like the last like serious relationship I had was coming up on four years ago, which seems like a very scary length of time uh, as a person who just turned 33 this week. Um, And so I don't know like what the reveal is, but um, at times feel like insecurity around all of those things. And that is scary and sometimes makes me wonder if it's like me. I would never normally like talk about that, but that would, that's like an insecurity, I guess. Yeah. If that satisfies the question. I think so. I think so. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We went too deep. (laughs) Bringing us back from the brink. Okay. (laughs) Hypothetically speaking. (laughs) Okay. Hypothetically speaking, sex on a first date. Why or why not? 
feel like if I feel like a really strong emotional connection, I wouldn't rule it out on a first date. The chances of that very strong emotional connection happening just like immediately are not super high, but it's not like something I have like a rule against or something, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, we started this conversation with gray areas. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree. No hard and fast rules. Um, lean is generally no. I think to your point, I just generally don't feel comfortable with or like ready to do that with someone like when I first meet them. Yeah. Um, I think there's also this like arbitrary line of shame around like sexual intercourse versus like the other stuff, um, which like I don't buy into, but was just programmed as a kid. Um, Same. But yeah, I'd say no hard and fast rules, but unlikely. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy other thing, like other physical intimacy besides just yeah. sex too. You know what I mean? There's something really fun about when you start dating someone, how you can just like enjoy aggressively making out for like six hours and stay up all night. And once you've been dating someone for like a year, you're not going to stay up all night making out. Yeah. I love <laughs> making out. I really like making it's out. It's so fun. It's really fun. It's, it's, really but it's, fun. it's so bad. Like when it's, when someone's like a bad kisser though, and it's like not like, Oh, we just need to like, adjust our styles but like objectively bad though is what like, does that it's look like so bad like if someone's like attacking you with their tongue oh. it's it's really bad <laughs> um so no really big fan of making out um yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great first date but you're right they gotta be good at it because i'm really good at it so if the other person is not <laughs> it's kind of awkward yeah <laughs> i am too i've gotten the feedback <laughs> good to know good to know well it okay. must be like if you like it then you do yeah. it you know like any skill yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. I think that is the end of our day. Con, it was very lovely speaking with you tonight. Likewise. Talk to you later. Yeah, take care. Bye. Kyote, I'm really good at flirting. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I've been told I'm really good at flirting. <laughs> you've got you've gotten the feedback. Um, this is charming. This was a great way to end a date. I have to say, um, I feel pretty good about this one becoming a second date. I mean, what do you think? I think he's into her. I'm not sure if she's into him, but he was mirroring everything she said. He loved all of her answers. He was building on them. So if I were her, I would definitely think that he wanted to go out with me again. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, great. Well, kind of give me the debrief of the Joanna date. Yeah. Um... I had fun and I had to be quick on my feet. She, Joanna was like really sharp, but I think in my job, I'm already so cerebral that I think it's kind of nice in, in my like social interactions, interacting with people who aren't playing that game. Mm -hmm. Well, I did not see that coming. Too cerebral. I definitely didn't feel like it felt cerebral. You know, we spent a lot of time making sure Joanna was love-bomb-proof. I wonder if we got love-bombed. <laughs> I think we did. I, I know, I think 
I, I think we did get love bombed. I think I did. I don't know. I, I just experienced that date as a really good time, including the flirting at the end. And I, this isn't how I thought Khan would come back at the end. So I think this would be an interesting thought experiment if we pulled a couple of moments from the date and Logan played those back for Khan so he could hear how he showed up and explain to Logan what was going through his head during the date. I actually have a good piece of tape that I can play for you around that that I think, let's listen to it together. Okay. Okay. Okay, the question is, are, are you, you ticklish? ticklish? Yeah. And I've never done research on ticklishness, but I think it like maybe just be like a mindset or like I think there must be a mental thing because <laughs> totally. sometimes I'm ticklish and sometimes I'm not ticklish. And it really is like the mood that I'm in and how I'm feeling with like the tickler yeah. and being the tickly. We're really going to intellectualize this question. No, no, I think you should. Um, it's true. It's not as simple as yes or no. Um, like if I'm pissed at you, yeah, I'm not going to be tickled by you, right? (laughs) Absolutely not. uh, Hard pass. I tend to be ticklish though, I guess I will say I tend towards ticklish. I would agree with that. Okay. So how did it feel listening to that? Super awkward. Oh my God. It's tough. Like listening to yourself, but also I think affirms what I was also just saying. I haven't done research on ticklishness or like tickler, tickly. Like that's literally stuff that I have to draft. You know what I mean? I guess not with that verb, but it's nice sometimes to just slip out of that. And I think I was like maintaining that kind of affect that I'm used to maintaining like in other domains that I kind of would love to not have to like maintain. What's so fascinating is that you're kind of flirting and laughing and there, it feels like you guys are connecting, but I'm curious, like what was happening internally? Yeah, damn. I think, I think it was, again, like, I think it does work for me on some level because I'm good at that too. Right. So like, it is still fun, but it wasn't, I guess, like maybe my ideal like dynamic, you know? If I were giving somebody advice on how to show up in a date, I would say be interested, not interesting. And I think you did a really good job at like affirming her and making her feel interesting. But then the second piece is saying like, is this the type of person that I want to be with? How did I show up on the date? Do I like the side of me that they bring out? And for you, she emphasized like the cerebral legal side of your mind that you don't want to be there. That's not how you want to spend your time outside of work. And so you said no. And I, I, I did feel like that was a growth moment for you. Thank you. I think so too. I guess I'm struggling with really feeling like I'm like a deceptive guy or something. And I'm just like chameleoning in the situation. Like, like growing up in my household, it was like easier to like try to read how people are feeling and like give them what they're kind of expecting kind of thing than rather rather than being completely honest to be honest about what i'm really feeling at any given moment but i don't think that your skill 
of being charming in a first date is deceptive. I think the more interesting thing to think about is because you're so empathetic, because it is so easy to just be, basically become like an open channel that somebody flows into, how do you let that person flow into you so that you're present and you can connect with them while not losing sight of how you're feeling? Mm -hmm. I think that there's a part of you on the inside that feels like you're responsible for everybody having a good time. And you walk into a room and you're like, I know what each person in this room needs. I know what each person in this conversation is looking for. I can give it to them and I will give it to them. And that's occupying a lot of energy for you. So you're constantly doing emotional caretaking. You're keeping the conversation light. You're making sure the other person's comfortable. You're yes anding them, right? Like you are carrying the emotional weight of other people. And so there's a few things at play. There's paying attention more to how the person makes you feel, but there's also having the confidence to show up and say, I'm not responsible for this person's feelings. We're both going to have an experience. So the less that you perform and people please, the more you get to see how people respond to the favorite part of yourself that you have. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really cool. I really like that. And I think that if you think a little bit more about what you want and a little bit less about giving people what they want, I think that you will actually feel that you are living a more authentic life. So Khan told us that he was really good at falling in love. But what I didn't understand is that Khan's a really good dater. I think we should have seen that coming. He does a really good job of appearing interested in what Joanna brings up, of asking follow-up questions, of showing a little vulnerability, of, of putting himself out there in a way that didn't necessarily translate into him wanting a second date. But I wonder <laughs> if we're now looking for another date for Khan, where does this leave us? Yeah, I mean, I asked him exactly that. Honestly, it's like someone with just a really great heart, which Joanna seemed like she had. Yeah, I think we've got some creative passions that um, would be fun to just learn more about and brainstorm ideas and enjoy art and music with, you know, the energy is a little bit more fluid and less mind heavy. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. And is there anything else? Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> okay, noted. Yeah. Beautiful is the, is the hard, is hard. I know. Because beauty is so subjective that I'm like, this person is stunning and I never know. But yes, noted. <sighs> Jesse, I don't know. I feel like I now have to look for a supermodel who is also a biochemist and an athlete and very smart, but not too cerebral and can be creative. Good luck with that. This is Dating on Khan's next date. I was struck by your hair and by your shirt, actually. Your shirt is really, really beautiful. I was actually struck by your hair, too. Is that weird? I'm not copying you. Oh, <laughs> I literally was struck by that. Oh my god, these people are turned on. 
If you'd like to be set up by us on a future date, go to thisisdatingpodcast.com. This Is Dating is produced by Jesse Baker and Eric Newsom at Magnificent Noise. Our production staff includes Huete Katana, Eleanor Kagan, and Taylor Hansen. We also received help from Esther Perel, Courtney Hamilton, Robert Smith, Julia Natt, Julia Silbergeld, The Quarantine Love Project, Hayden Dawes, Lulu Krauss, and Eva Walchover. Original music, production, and sound design by Paul Schneider. Logan Yuri is our consulting producer, and the executive producer of This Is Dating is Jesse Baker. <laughs>